Okay. MDL. Moose. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was my um, my my first go at <laughs> running a running a game of the apocalypse. Well, great job, Jeff. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, well, we're here. Let's uh, do a quick review of how we felt about the game. So first thing, let's talk about uh, what did you like about the game? I liked the the rules lightness uh, of it. Um, the not focusing on things like initiative and, and and stuff just kind of made the made the combat kind of go. Even though we got hung up with like weird mechanical squirrels and stuff, you know, I think a larger combat in like a uh, like a group of people and a group of people would probably resolve quicker than a traditional RPG. Yeah. Um, and I think for people who don't like RPGs as much, this might be a really good mm-hmm. entry point. Yeah, this is something that I feel like anyone could really hop into. Like, yeah. you could do this like, camping or something. No one, no one had, would have ever had to play a tabletop if they wanted. There's not, yeah. there's, there's very, well, there's really no math. You just have to roll under a number. And I think it's, it's pretty intuitive, the bonus dice and, and all of that. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting that it's just, it's basically just geared to the fact that you're probably going to fail at any time, any moment. I mean, it's still pretty fun. That way. Well, and it's the. I mean, I think, I think everyone was maybe making some decisions that they may not necessarily directly make in the actual apocalypse. I mean, I would have died in the bathroom, so I would actually <laughs> but have like, made it. Had a had a great time. So, just for the record, if anyone um, is curious, we were playing the scenario heavy metal. Because to be fair, I was expecting robot. <laughs> yeah, and so and so kind of I was too. I mean, the the book is called Revolt of the Machines, and there is. There is one or two very robot-based ones, but given where we were and the opportunity to have essentially a haunted plague or a haunted uh, amusement park, yeah, there's there's one, and the heavy metal one is basically just everything, everything electronic, cars, uh, and there's a bunch of stuff in there that we didn't quite get into. The conceit in the book is that, and it was at the very beginning, and I mentioned it that the the shooting star. Not actually a shooting star. Oh, satellite. It was a uh, Soviet satellite uh, that had some real buggy code and had gone a little weird cool. after going through some <laughs> radiation or something. It's very hand wavy uh, kind of thing, but uh, essentially it was just had crashed down near here and anything kind of in its radius had just gone psychotic. It was essentially controlling any of these electronics and, and making them go batshit crazy. So things that were just like direct power you know wasn't necessarily going to to kill you but like the phones anything it could do to like heat up and kill you the microwave all those kind of things so that's all kind of from the book the the peony part obviously was my go the only thing only thing i would say about the um the scenarios is they they aren't really they don't give you any goal mm-hmm. that's something it says in the book is like yeah this isn't like you're on a mission you're doing quests like yeah your goal is just to survive and so i figured for a single session it might stall a little bit if we all just kind of say well what do you want to do so i mm-hmm. kind of gave you a bit of a, a railroad you a little bit into saving children which i thought everyone would be <laughs> a terrible with. plan yeah. yeah yeah so um then i guess is there anything you guys didn't like about the system i think it it was great for like a one shot, but I don't think it'd be super interesting to play as like a long term campaign. I, I feel like if you were gonna play long term, like well, obviously the way we did it would not work long term. I think you'd have to be a lot more realistic about what you're doing and like yeah. setting up camps and stuff like that. Yeah. I yeah, and there there are mechanics in or not mechanics, but there are sort of recommendations around that. And I think there like we I played it as as a little bit of a goofier session just because I know my audience here around this table was gonna be 
bunch of goofballs. Nah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are, there are some kind of more serious ones where, uh, scenarios where, like, I think you get into the aftermath a bit more. Like, maybe um, you play out. Yeah, all the scenarios have, like, here's the apocalypse as it's happening, and also here's after. It's here's happening. after the apocalypse, yeah. <laughs> so and, like, things like, you know, what what's going on in the refugee camp and, and stuff like that, right? Um, those ones are, they take a lot out of the GM because, like, as I said, like, this is just a lot of either you come up with a bit of a story beforehand or you have to come up with a ton of stuff on the fly. And they have a couple of suggestions for stuff, but there, there really isn't a whole lot of direction. The one neat thing uh, each scenario has is a timeline of, of just events that are happening in the world because of this apocalypse. And so you can kind of go back to them, you know, to see if they affect... Yeah, and a lot of stuff just isn't applicable for a one-shot. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is kind of more designed around, like, you know, a little bit more post-apocalypse rather than the midst of. Um, But I think the midst of is kind of fun because it's the most Mm -hmm. chaotic. Uh, Nobody knows what's going on. I would have liked to have seen more mental and social checks, but I think that might have also just been the... What we were doing. Yeah, the situations we were in. There weren't a lot of people to interact with. Yeah. There weren't a lot of people to interact with, and um, there wasn't a huge benefit for us to build social relationships. Yeah, I mean, and I think yeah, again, that's one of those. If, with the if there are longer, like they've got talking here about like interrogation and like factions. So if you're playing one of the other scenarios, that maybe is a little bit more. Yeah, and you get al- you get allies for your camp. Serious? Yeah. What's the motivation you, of the machines? There, they were there really there. wasn't a motivation. It was just kind of like kill all humans. Okay. It was just this sort of whatever programming on the Soviet era satellite that was coming down just kind of triggered this kind of like let's take over everything and make them murder humans. I don't know I don't know if I like kind of knowing that is that really is interesting. <laughs> like want well, there to be a motive behind the machines trying to kill Yeah, like, no, like it, a chance to negotiate with yeah. them in some way or something. But yeah. like You guys should have gone through Toy Town. <laughs> I wanted to. It felt like we were being railroaded away from Toy Town. Well, no, I mean, I kind of wanted to, like... I couldn't decide if we were or not. Cause I, was yeah. I, I, I didn't really want to railroad you a whole lot. I, the only thing was I just didn't want you to kind of just, like, go straight to the petting zoo without, like, Do doing it. anything. So, like, you know, I figured, like, this would have been difficult to get through. Getting the horses was bonkers, but, uh, you know, sure, why not? All yeah. Right. So, uh, for the learning curve, so... Uh, running one to five, so five meaning it was really easy to learn, one being really hard, go around the table. From a, from a player point of view or for a GM point of view? Well, place? you had to give a GM point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Was it really easy for you to learn? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd put it maybe at like a two. So um, two means it's hard. five is easy. Oh, sorry, like a four. Okay. Um, like a, a fairly fairly easy to learn, not a lot of... You know, there's no spells, there's no, not even leveling up or XP mm-hmm. or anything, right? So, just getting your head around the way that the dice roll, and then, yeah. Amanda? I'm going to give it a five for easy. I, you're easy to learn. I think I could probably teach this to somebody at this point after playing it once. Okay, Amanda? Yeah, I'm on the same, in the same page. On the same page. I <laughs> so feel warm. the same way, Tyler. I put about a four. Like, there's, for not playing many systems that don't involve just straight around the D20 system, it's something a bit of a newer thing for me. So otherwise, but if you did this, you could get easily the nuances and the extra knowledge about anything, especially if you spent some time with the book. Like at this point, like we, I hadn't touched the book, I hadn't read anything from it. Yeah, so. I hadn't either. I'm gonna say four. Um, I'd say five for our session, but I think that would be maybe a little unfair based 
Like, I don't think this can be representative of the entire and we, it's, we it's not, Yeah, it's not going to be a perfect representation of it. And I would say that it sounds like they're, like some of the mechanics that are there are based around like seeing the passage of time go by. And uh, you know the impact that has on like your your there are yeah there are definite um, um, perks to to playing the longer form to to get the sort yeah. of whole sense of the game I think yeah so I I guess I'll say four okay all right and so complexity so how complex so I think the the core gameplay mechanics not very complex but the way that the scenarios are laid out and I think this is on purpose they don't give you as the GM a whole lot of direction and they don't give the players a whole lot of direction. So it really is just kind of like, you know, make it up uh, on, on the spot. As a, as a GM, I would have maybe liked to see even just plot hooks offered up or, or some kind of like directional kind of thing. But I could see a lot of GMs who like to just purely make their own thing really enjoying the system as well. So if you're going to rate one to five, like five being like really complicated and com- complex like rules wise and stuff. I, I think it's on definitely on the low end of rules. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes a little bit more complicated from a storytelling point of view just because it doesn't offer any directions. Like if I had Nathan's negative trait on decision making, it would have been, you know, mm-hmm. tough. So as a DM, would you say somewhere in the middle? Somewhere in the middle, yeah, like give it a three. Okay. Amanda? Um, yeah, it's probably not a game for somebody who's... Uh, brand new beginner at role-playing games or at GMing anyway, like maybe an experienced GM with a group of people new to playing, but I think the... Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Yeah, a, a, mm-hmm. a brand new GM might not have any idea which way to go. No, that looked really intimidating to do, and I've GM'd before. Yeah, um, I think it puts a lot more on the GM in that way. Yeah. But as a player, I think it's pretty simple. I think it was fairly straightforward, but um, it's also possible that we skimmed over some of the rules or didn't run into things. We didn't. We didn't deal with trauma. Yeah. Not um, really. Which I think is a lot more of like a long-term thing. Like if you're planning on playing this out over a period of months in game, then that's something that you really have to deal with. I didn't think it was super complex. Like the biggest challenges that I had was just that I hadn't run into things that were going to be useful against machinery. So where yeah. we on the complexity scale. Not very complex. Yeah, I'm thinking of three as well. I, again, we just didn't run into a lot of things that we would use. Like, I, I don't think I used logic or willpower at any at all. <laughs> like, I definitely <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, really, you were more up against the the chaos and, and, you know, like I was like, you know, maybe put down some road spikes to try to stop the cars or something or or like I was thinking maybe if you guys found magnets, but like where are you going to find giant... Where are you going to find roadblocks? Well, you had a nail in your board. You just put a few more of those in and throw some boards down on the ground. Okay, but she got the board and the nail after there are boards in this neighborhood. There's lots of fences. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, there's lots of directions to go. I'm gonna say like it's a two, like with one being like super easy. So I think that, that yeah, I don't think it was that really complex from a player perspective. Yeah, I would say definitely it would be about two or three on like you know bad day. Because like put it simply, if you had to compare this against other D and D role systems, it doesn't doesn't hold up the complexity mechanics that are present in it. Yeah, I'll say three. All right, and then um, adaptability. So how easy is this to adapt? Just what your own content? So I, I mean, as a GM, being, I mean, with five being super easy. To I mean, this, this is basically like you know, I based it around being starting in Tyler's neighborhood, and what was close to Tyler's neighborhood was, you know, a, a main street and a fair, you know, and so like it was, it was very adaptable in in terms of that. I mean, and I think that 
that's the whole point of this is just you know it, it's you guys it's there isn't a story because it's just what's happening in your neighborhood mm-hmm. so it's five being super adaptable so yeah very adaptable what would you say for score uh yeah five okay. five, five. yeah i think that was gonna be my next point was that it's probably um like if you're picking up this game wanting to play something D and D ish where there's a lot of structure and um, the story's really driven by the dice rolls, then you're probably going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was super adaptable for just a fun sit around and like how are we going to fuck shit up in the apocalypse mm-hmm. kind of storytelling. So I think it's a great storytelling tool, but not so much like a D and D style game. One thing I will mention is there are a lot of mentions about American military, um, the Pentagon, and things like that. So I think the setting is assumed to be an American city, although they do mention this could be anywhere. But places that are probably a bit more militaristic for a lot of the scenarios in there involve like there being a big military base nearby. Things can kind of happen at and stuff. So that would be the only caveat is like, you know, living kind of where we live, there's not a lot unless, you know, American robots are invading us. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it a five for that. Yeah, same. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of opportunity for like collaborative storytelling between like the GM and the players mm-hmm. and stuff, which which is always a lot of fun. Other <laughs> systems like Powered by the Apocalypse do that a lot where they put it on the player and like if you do a decent role then you have to, the player tells the GM what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the GM will put on negative or, or positive or whatever. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I really feel like you could pretty much do anything. And we pretty much did. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I guess, uh, from what I understand for this book here, it's also the end of the world system is based around four different rule sets, but they all use the core rule mechanics. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's all always it's, the it's same all, It's rule all the set. same rules, just different mm-hmm. settings. Yeah, different settings. So that's, even with that built-in adaptability, I would still say yeah, it's same with everybody out of five. Okay, you can go pretty much anywhere you want to go. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that's its strength, you know, the lack of... I think it's, it's adaptable enough that you could even have a non-apocalypse setting where you were just playing with, like, hey, it's just us. We're going to go do a thing and, like, you know... We yeah. go to a rough part of town and get into a fight. I mean, that's yeah. essentially, you know, you could do whatever I was going to say, you could scrap the actual books entirely and just use the, the mechanics mm-hmm. of the game and come up with a story to play. Totally. Cool. And uh, so story-driven, was it really easy to weave a story and make a story happen? Was finding really easy and one more difficult? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a... I struggled with which scenario to pick that would work within the neighborhood, within the people, and within a, such a short time period. Like we wanted to do something that would be that would feel like you guys achieved something, mm-hmm. even if that goal wasn't a goal that you guys necessarily wanted, like saving children. Uh, would you have saved the children? Is yeah. that a goal that Yeah, God, I would have saved the children. You're such a good person. <laughs> <laughs> you really do not That's a big softie in the bottom of it all. I mean, I might have also just taken the money and be like, no, no, they were gone. I don't know. I, I think yeah, like I, I, I struggled with which which story to which scenario to use because it really some is of the, completely story driven. Yeah, I mean and, and some of them are, are like there isn't story as much as setup. Mm-hmm. Right? And and that was kind of the you know, it was like, well, okay, like, you know, drones coming in and, and attacking everyone and you're like, well, like why would they be you know, like bombing a sleepy little part of the town, like in the hills. Like, you know, maybe if we were playing at Amanda's place right in the heart of downtown, 
Um, that one might have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple others, kind of like robot ones and stuff. But again, some of them have a little bit of a, an American tilt to them, uh, which is fine and is adaptable enough. But I feel like I would have had to put a bunch of things in place to kind of be like, oh, by the way, Canadian military has really ramped things up since yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it, you know, it was fine. I mean, I could have made this scenario in like a D&D setting as well, right? And it was really just kind of me... Yeah. Egged on by a little bit of of the the beginning of the story, and then kind of making it up as it went along. When you guys decided to get horses and things like that, <laughs> so you found it easy to go with stories. I found I found it easy to go with stories, but um, I also would have liked to have had more stories offered. So I don't know where that ranks number wise. So a four for you, maybe. Let's put a okay. four. Amanda, I don't know that it's actually geared towards storytelling. If the main point of it is supposed to be survival Mm -hmm. so i'd probably give it more of a two because i don't know that it's set up for storytelling yeah and that's that's probably a fair yeah i'm kind of leaning the same way i'd probably say more of a three uh you could adapt it to to make the storytelling work but again it's it just feels more survival you know figure out Mm -hmm. again create uh, a reason to go do things instead of uh, or you know maybe don't create a reason to do things and just Figure out how you're living your life in the apocalypse. <laughs> Go loot bodies. That. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. Um, I'd be out public safety. Yeah, I don't think there's any, for what I understand, no mechanics directly built in for the continuation of the like, story to like. Well, there, there is. Like, you, can, you can play this for the rest. Like, you can play this game for the rest of Well, yeah, you can, the, the, the campaign like, can be longer, but for like mechanics that support the story itself. These are like mechanics are for us to interact with the world or how we decide our yeah. abilities. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't really a benefit to doing things particularly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like you, you. I mean, if if it wasn't for like a plot hook, like yeah, it's very conceivable you guys could have just been like, I think we're fairly safe here. Let's just throw all the electronics on the lawn and barricade ourselves in. Mm-hmm. But then that's not like a super interesting, you know, campaign for anyone, right? So. Uh, I'll give it about. Uh, what was the top again? Five is gonna be super story driven. One is? Yeah, two. Two. And Travis? Um, I'm actually thinking I would give it a four. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like, uh, you know, definition of story is kind of up to you what kind of story you want. I do agree that it's not a typical, like, D&D campaign type of story. So I think that would potentially be alienating to some people that come into it expecting just, you know, like, terminator mm-hmm. or something i don't know but yeah it definitely does allow you to create your own stories with you know sure. a basic setup so uh, yeah i do i do like the the ability for you to just kind of have whatever story is realistic to just happen on the day yeah um mm-hmm. kind of unfold but as a dm you really need to have some serious dm legs underneath you to do that yeah um like you just need to be able to like weave this story on the fly mm-hmm. from scratch which is fine but exhausting for some <laughs> okay so then we have this um alignment chart that we created that's basically puts us the story driven aspects versus the complexity and for when it came to complexity, we all pretty much land in the middle. So, but when it comes to story driven on a scale of like one to three, if you say it's really story driven, medium story driven, or low story. Driven. I would say it's not story driven. Yeah. But like, right? But, like, okay. uh, you know, what I mean, like, it, it's not. Or I guess it's more open for creation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it's what you feel like playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could 
set it up so that you are moving towards a shared goal and are creating story together or you could just do a drive things buck wild and so, see what say, happens say the system is a neutral system it's yeah. basically you get out of it what you put into it i'd agree with that yeah so like we would say like a like a D fifth edition like campaign setting book being like very story driven where it's like these are the beats kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, because um, when, when you come to most tabletop systems here, it's like some are very strict with rules and have a ton of rules that you must abide by. Some have very light rules. Um, and that, and there's others that leave a lot more freedom for creating big stories where others kind of railroad you. Right. So. There's definitely no railroading in this. No. no. I think this has the potential for big stories, but going straight out of the box, you're Probably all just gonna run around with no so, there is some people and steal some horses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, where do we want to land there? Do we I'd, land? I'd call it like rules light neutral. Yeah, I think yeah. sounds fair to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. yeah, it's it's definitely in the middle. All right, so then for rules light would be so chaotic, chaotic average. So it's just like it's somewhere in the middle there. That sounds mm-hmm. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the final thing we're gonna do is your personal rating. So five being. You loved it. You look forward to playing again. One mean you never want to fucking see it. We should burn this book right now. Jeff, where do you land? I would give it a... I'd give it a three. I think I would I would play this again, maybe with some different people. <laughs> <laughs> I think knowing a bit more about the system now, I could probably GM it better next time. Uh, and I think that's sort of always the case. Yeah, I think if you have the opportunity to play with somebody who has... GM this before and is familiar with the the setting and kind of the mechanics of it. Are you volunteering yourself for people who want to play this game? <laughs> I'm, no, um, but that would be if you want to GM this. I would say if you get a chance to play a game first before you GM it, probably be beneficial. You said your final rating was a three. Yeah, I think I liked it more than a three, but it was a little bit. It left a couple gaps. You think it was three point five. Sure, let's give it a three point five. Uh, Amanda, I'm gonna give it a four. I think I would like to give this a stab GMing with a different group of slightly less psychotic people. (laughs) I'd probably put less work into the DM prep and play it like an open world, seeing what story the people at the table wanted to play and then basically just being the referee for that. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably an exhausting system to put a lot of prep work into and then have us go right way off rails right you know in the what? beginning. I, honestly, I'm I'm kind of the other way around where I was kind of like I hope they kind of stick a little bit to the plot and I just had mainly notes rather than full story. I would have been more exhausted herding the cats of an open world story. But I don't think you have to herd the cats at that point. You just have to let them run and I think that would be really interesting to see. Yeah. To be fair yeah. for the purpose of the podcast though, it's like if we had just gone buck wild, like yeah, kind of then, well, we could have ended it two hours ago. Well, or it's like we were, where would we have ended, right? Because we kind of needed some sort of ending for the episode. Well, I mean, I would have taken us to our cats. <laughs> True. So, but where would you do once you got to your cats? And then, like the other thing is that as well is like I think by the fact that us having a goal. In a way, since we knew we kind of had to achieve it, I did think that kind of forced us to be a little more chaotic than we normally would be in those scenarios. Instead yeah. of trying to go from what our personal drives are, we're like, well, we've got to do this thing. I yeah. would say I would 100% play a game uh, that somebody was GMing that way, where it was just open world, totally. and there wasn't a set goal. Mm-hmm. Because I think that was the real missed opportunity with the way that I set it up was like, what would you guys do 
just for yourselves in mm-hmm. the apocalypse. Yeah. But like I said, we're in a fairly safe spot. Like maybe if we were doing this somewhere foreign to everyone, like at a bar or at uh, a, a game store or something where everyone need wanted to go somewhere. Yeah. Right? But we're in a fairly safe spot in a home. So I needed to get you guys out of it. I feel like it could make for a potentially much longer game when everyone's got things that they want to do as mm-hmm. well. So instead of having one goal, we've got... You know, yeah, it would be goals. interesting yeah. playing as a longer campaign. Oh, yeah. No, yeah I, I, would, I would be curious to see how that plays out in the long run. I mean, growing up on living on the North Shore, I would just be like, you know, if we were doing a zombie one, for example, or even the robot one, you know, it would just be like, head to the hills, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, like Tyler's supplies would have come in really handy and stuff. Right? Yeah. So, okay. cool. For a long-term one, yeah, like setting up and surviving out yeah. in the wilderness mm-hmm. would be kind of interesting to explore. Yeah, totally. so I give it a four. Do I want to see this again this week? No. Will I play it again within the year? I hope so. Cool. Nathan? I'd give it about a three. I mean, I'd, I'd be excited to come back and, and play it again, but I mean, if it didn't happen, then it didn't happen. I give it a True neutral. <laughs> yeah. I would give it a 3.5. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of potential. I think there's a lot of potential to do some really cool stuff with it, but it also, I think it's harder to commit to as well, since... It is such a great area at the same time. So I think it could be a lot of fun. Like, it, you know, if you're on a camping trip for a week or something like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. It's just something that's kind of light and easy to do. There, yeah, there's a lot of range to it, right? Like yeah. It really is, like, dependent on the group that you're with and what they're willing to put into it and, and how much your GM is willing to play with that. All right, and Tyler? I'll give it about a three. For, like, maybe, like, the sort of result, result in the scenes and how it kind of goes like that. I think this particular setting wasn't my, quite my jive, so that's probably what it pulls it down a bit. But the actual like, system itself, I think it would be pretty fun just taking whatever which way you want to go with it. Either it be different settings or just different experience with it. Like, as we were saying, there are finite session leading to a quick end. Kind of forces a certain play style, so we'll play it a little bit more differently. Okay. I am going to be devil's advocate, and I would say 2.5. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to go for a five there. No. <laughs> um, reason being, like, I, I do appreciate what it's, uh, what I think it's trying to do. Kind of, you know, have a more open world kind of uh, play style there. But I think there are, you know, from what I've seen in, like, the board game realm anyways, and mm-hmm. other things like that, um, there's ways to do that to kind of have little signposts that aren't too... Uh, that aren't too railroady. Yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. that can kind of like corral people and mm-hmm. uh, lead you toward an endpoint. And I think from my GM style, I was hoping for a little bit more of that. Yeah, which, which is fine. I think with the right GM, I would love to be a player. Right. In that, you know, with, with somebody that that just has the sort of like omnipresence. Yeah. Uh, but I think you'd need to be a very seasoned GM to to, yeah. to pull that off. And at that point, it's kind of the skill of the GM and not necessarily. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think it's pretty versatile. Like, I think you could just keep the game mechanics and build whatever. Yeah, you could homebrew yeah. right. mm-hmm. totally. a thing around. Now, the core the... roles I've shared amongst, like, the four different sessions or not sessions, the campaigns that they offer or not. I mean, that uh, settings. Yeah, because they're, they're just so simple that you could just yeah. build whatever you scenario you wanted to on top of it and have a quick homebrew game totally all right cool well that is our first episode so next time we will be playing dungeons and dragons fifth edition 
And that will officially be our first adventure as we travel from system to system exploring what the tabletop universe has to offer. If you want to tell us how we did, you can feel free to hit us up on social media or tweet about us. DM <laughs> Test Kitchen. Or tell us how terrible is, people we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which um, is accurate. That's yeah, going to be DMS Test Kitchen. And we look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget to follow us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcast goodness. And yeah, feel free to tell us how horrible we are. And... You know. And tell us how you would have done things. You're all horrible people. Would you save the kids? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's an obvious question. <laughs> I don't know if that's an obvious question.